Thank you for joining us for the Lessons from First Naz podcast. So a few weeks ago, we were sitting in staff meeting, and I informed Pastor Cliff that we had someone who wanted to be baptized. And he said, I said, they can do it September 17th. He said, great, why don't you preach on baptism? And I have to be honest. I said, okay. And then my heart went to my ankles. Baptism, the topic, has always scared me. And here's why. There are so many different beliefs. There are so many different ideas. Most of them, if not all of them, true. And I've always looked at it in one particular way, which I'm going to get to. But how do I know I'm right? How do I know, this is what I was thinking, how do I know that I'm not going to screw up? How do I know that I'm not going to say something that isn't really true? Because really, I don't have the time to dive in and see what every single different belief about baptism is. And and to make sure that, okay, this is right and these are wrong and this, it scares me. So I prayed about it. And I got to be honest. I'm going to talk to you about baptism. But I'm going to talk to you about baptism for me in its simplest form. What I believe the simplest form is. Now, you may, when I get done, you may go, yeah, but what about, but what about, I understand all that. And I understand it kind of leaves some things open a little bit. And you feel free to come talk to us. Feel free to come ask us. However, I do believe through my studying, I do believe through praying, that this is what God told me to do today. So I'm going to go for it. I'll start out by telling you it was back when I was in junior high. I'll never forget the night. It was Sunday night. There was eight or nine of us of all ages. We got baptized in the Hillsborough Church of the Nazarene. The baptismal was up. It's not dead center in that church. It's up to the left, off, off to the side, up on the platform. You had to go up in front of everybody. You had to read your testimony. You had to do all this stuff. And I remember vividly getting or, or asking if I could be baptized. My sister and I did it on the same night. I went and I talked to the pastor before. He gave the okay. We went ahead. We got baptized. After we were baptized, we all stood down in front of the church. We had this reception line. Everybody came and walked in front of us and gave us hugs, patted us on the back. Everything was good to go. But I got to tell you, the second I was baptized, things changed. I can't tell you what the change was. Meaning, I can't tell you or describe to you how it felt when I came back up out of the water. I can tell you that things changed and all of a sudden my relationship with Christ was more important to me. I can tell you that my outlook on how I was supposed to live my life was more important. Does that mean I did everything right after that? No, I fell. But I'll never forget that day. Right down to my grandma coming up and giving me a Bible which still sits on my shelf in my house. And I would have used it today, but it 
footprint's too small. It's just tiny. It's not because I'm old. However, that day is a day that is ingrained in my mind. But what is it that makes baptism so important? My personal belief. You do not need to be baptized to go to heaven. That comes with salvation. That comes when I ask Christ into my heart. It's there. You want an example of that? There was a man hanging on the cross who looked at Christ and said, forgive me, and he said, son, today you will be with me forever in paradise. I don't believe the thief looked at him and said, can I get baptized? Kind of hard to do, but yet he went to heaven. Therefore, I do not believe baptism is something you have to do in order to go to heaven. However, I still believe, as I told you before, there was a change in me when it happened. Today we're going to look at an event that happened in the Bible, an event that happened with Jesus, an event that happened in all four of the Gospels. In other words, all four authors thought it pertinent as they were getting their uh, ideas from God, their inspiration from God, they thought it pertinent to put in to their gospel so we would hear about it. It's something that is so important that it narrates the beginning, the grand entrance of Jesus the Messiah. The man coming here on earth that now everybody could see and know who he is. Everybody could take a step forward and understand this is who this guy really is. I think it's important to also realize that John the Baptist, if you haven't noticed yet, we're going to talk about John the Baptist baptizing Jesus, and I'll get to that scripture in a bit. But it's a moment where John, John the Baptist, realized that it was so important. He just didn't come up, though. you got to understand, John didn't just come up with the idea of baptism. Baptism had been around for a while. It had been something that had been done. Obviously not in this sense, but it is something that had been done. We're going to look today at Matthew chapter 3, but what you have to understand is in the process of this, which before John was baptizing people, he had spent the first part going, repent, for the kingdom of God is near. Come, Understand who God is. Then John would baptize them. These Jewish people were looking for a deliverer to make things right for their country. John the Baptist was baptizing these Jewish people. Here's where it gets a little weird, at least for me. Baptism had been around for a while, like I said. Baptism was part of a process before. Baptism was just something that you did to gain something. Here's what happened. You have all these Jews who are currently being baptized. And the one thing you have to understand about the Jews is God appointed Abraham to be the patriarch of his people hundreds of years before. But they became complacent. Sound kind of familiar? They got the blessings from God. Abraham was leading them, and then all of a sudden, they became complacent. They became happy with what they had. Everything was good. Let's get on about our normal life. But then, just like what happens in their relationship with God 
over and over. God blesses Israel. Israel enjoys it. Israel becomes complacent, takes God for granted, turns her back on God. God gets Israel attention again through tragedy. The Israelites repent and their relationship is restored. And then the cycle begins anew. And John the Baptist comes along during a down cycle of Israel's relationship with God. They had become complacent again. They had taken God for granted again. And they turned their backs on Him. And God allowed them to experience discomfort again. Now, I'm going to, just a side note, this wasn't part of my message, but a side note. It's interesting to me that way back in the day with the Israelites, you had people who were becoming complacent with God. And all of a sudden, when their relationship with God went south, tragedy started happening. Now, I know that no one ever says or is ever right in saying, you know, if I become a Christian, everything's going to go my way. I don't believe that, and I don't want you to misunderstand what I'm about to say. I will say I am a huge proponent for the idea that if you are a Christian, meaning sincere, following Christ, God-fearing Christian, relationship with Christ, you will suffer way less tragedy than if you're not. Here's why. seems to me that if I'm following Christ and doing what Christ wants, I'm not going to make the terrible decisions that consequences are going to come from. And I'm going to miss out on a lot of consequences because I'm following Christ and doing what He wants. Just a thought. Back on track. You have these Israelites who are suffering... And honestly, again, God does this today. We realize who he is because he's allowing things to happen to us that he really doesn't want to happen. But if we're not following him, if we become complacent and our relationship is on hold, things are going to happen. All of a sudden, boom, their relationship is getting restored. And here you got John the Baptist sitting there Stepping up, talking to these guys. These are people who have had a leader from day one. God's provided one. Abraham, Moses, David. They've got it. And all of a sudden, they see John. And they see John talking. And they say, who is this guy? He must be our new leader. John the Baptist. Let's follow him. Let's do what he says. Let's go forth. Everything he says, I want in. Let's do. Repent. Because the kingdom of God has come near. It makes perfect sense, doesn't it? People have to turn their hearts back to God in order to experience deliverance. Now here's the problem. If you are a Jew, you've turned your heart towards God. You're getting these blessings. Everything's going good. But now you have people who are wanting to become you. Not because they think what you're doing is right, but because you're getting blessings. And now they want blessings. They want that. I'm not quite so sure if what you're doing is right, but man, you're getting everything I want. 
and I'm not getting any of it. How come? I want that. I want to know what you're doing. I want to know how you do it because I want all that. Not because I think you're right and not because I want a relationship with, I don't want to follow this so-called John the Baptist, but what I want, I want your goods. How can I get it? If you think about it, it's not unlike today. And I know some of you are waiting for this next illustration, but I'll throw it out there anyways. Been a Duck fan my entire life. You know back in the 80s, some of you are going to say I'm ridiculous, and that's okay. I sat in Autzen Stadium, the home of the Oregon Ducks, in the rain. And I would verbally pray, God, give us one win. Just one. That's all I need. And all of a sudden, in the mid-90s, we became kind of good. And people in the state of Oregon, they started rooting for me. For us. Sorry. Hey, my, does my heart good when we win? Leave me alone. Now, here's the problem for me. In the early 80s, mid-80s, I could go into any store I wanted. I could buy any sweatshirt I wanted. I could buy any hat I wanted. I could even walk up to the Civil War game, and I could pay five bucks for one of those little red tickets. They'd hand it to me, and I'd walk in, sit wherever I want. Not an issue. All of a sudden, people wanted to be a winner. So in the mid-90s, early 2000s, the stadium sold out. The tickets went up three times as much. Sweatshirts and hats never go on sale. Everybody else's does, not ours. And I can't get squat. Why? Because we win. Everybody wants to be a winner. Everybody wants to jump on board. No one will talk bad now unless they lose. And then, ah, they're stinking. Why? Because we like to win. We like the blessings. We like the good. And it doesn't matter what we talk about. It doesn't matter where we go. People want what's good. Agree? These Gentiles... They're just normal. They wanted that. They wanted what you had. How come I can't get it? You're no better than me. So here was the deal. You could become a Jew if you were a Gentile. Simple. You had to do three easy steps. You ready for this? First, you had to sacrifice a heifer. Eh, kill an animal, not a big deal. Next, Unless you're Christine King's dog, don't touch it. Next, you had to become circumcised if you were a male. Now, for those of you who don't know, circumcision, it, never mind. Here's the deal. If you were going to be circumcised, man, I think you can attest to this. It's not something you just say, oh, I'm going to become a Jew. No problem. You had to think about it. You had to make the commitment. You had to honestly sit down and say, is this really worth it? And if you think about it, that's not really a bad idea because all these people who just want your blessings, now they got to really decide if this is really what they want to do. It was a big decision. And then last, you had to be baptized. Baptize, baptism, baptize, it comes from the Greek word baptizo, meaning wash. You had to be baptized. You had 
to go in a Gentile and come out a Jew. When it was all said and done, you were now officially a Jew, not only physically and spiritually, but you had a new identity. You were no longer who you were before. You were something completely different. The old is gone, the new has come. That's who you are. You got a new name, new identity. In fact, for the most part, you had to turn out your whole new social club and everything else. Because you were not who you were before. See what I mean about it being a major decision? It wasn't just, I think I'll do this now. Now, what John the Baptist was doing when he was baptizing is something different than that. He wasn't changing you from Gentile to Jew. He wasn't looking at you and and saying, well, you know, have you done everything you have to do before we do this? John the Baptist was standing there, and John the Baptist was yelling and looking at the people and telling them, repent, repent, for the Messiah is here. The Lord is coming. The kingdom of heaven's near. Hurry up. Come. Understand what I'm saying. Listen to me. I know you're following me. I know you want to listen to me. you got to believe me what I'm saying. Repent, because here he is. He's coming. you got to understand what's happening. And then when the people would believe him, when the people would understand him, when they were buying what he was selling, he'd baptize them. But then something happened that day in Matthew chapter 3. We're going to start at verse 13. Something happened. As this group of people were standing there, in line, I've heard it said they were in line. I've heard it said there was a crowd. I got to believe Aaron's opinion it's no different day than when we were down at the Snake River this last summer and we all gathered around and baptized people. You had a group of people who were being baptized. You had some people over here barbecuing. You had some people over here playing volleyball. You had people over just swimming. And all of a sudden, in the middle of the baptism, John the Baptist looks up and he sees Jesus. And I believe he said something in terms and, and something to the effect of, Behold, the Lamb of God. Now, call me crazy, but at the word behold, everybody in attendance, not just those being baptized, everybody on that beach knew, I have to listen. And they turned and saw the Lamb of God walk down towards them. And as he came down, I can see him slapping people on the back, Given hugs. He was a people person. He loved being around us. Stopping and talking for a minute. And he walks down. Steps in the water. Walks right up to John the Baptist. As a side note, can you imagine being the person getting baptized? Oh, I'll get out of the way. Walks right up. Looks at him. And he says, verse 13, Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you. And do you come to me? 
In other words, no, you baptize me. No, you baptize me. No, you don't understand. You baptize me. You're Jesus. You're supposed to baptize me. And Jesus looks at him and says, I need to be baptized by you. And do you come to me? John the Baptist is just sitting there going, really? I mean, this is what I believe because John the Baptist was a normal human. Really? I'm baptizing you? To which Jesus says, verse 15, let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this, to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. Of course he did. You're going to throw that card at me? Do you fulfill all righteousness? Fine. If that's what you're saying, that's what I'll do. In other words, uh, okay. You got me. You want to fulfill all righteousness. Jesus was sitting there symbolically proclaiming to the people who were standing there watching. He was symbolically showing and sitting there saying, I want you to see what's going to happen in the future. Aaron, what do you mean? When Jesus was immersed into the water and he came back up, it was a symbol for what was going to happen to him in a few short years. He was going to go down and he was going to rise again. Jesus was sitting there understanding where he was supposed to go, understanding what was going to happen. He was our example. But to fulfill everything, all the righteousness, to fulfill everything that had to happen, for him to be completely human, completely God, for him to walk this earth, for him to show us how to live, for him to fulfill all righteousness, he had to be baptized. If he's my example, am I supposed to as well? Kind of interesting that Jesus, as I said a second ago, without getting too theological, 100% God, 100% man, no different than you and me walking on this earth, but yet he's the son of God. He got baptized? But does that mean if he didn't get baptized, he wasn't going to heaven? But he's Jesus. Yeah. Sent here to fulfill all righteousness. Sent here to fulfill all God's law and show us what we were simply supposed to do and to show us a symbol of his death and resurrection. Verse 16. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Now, I'm not sure if... if 
the voice was heard by the entire group of people on the beach or if it was heard by just John and Jesus. I am not sure about that. But I can tell you this. John and Jesus were the only ones who needed to hear it at that time. What we do know is this was the first time in the New Testament that the Trinity has been shown. You have Jesus being baptized. You have the Holy Spirit descending upon Jesus, the Son. And you have God the Father voicing His approval. Therefore, going back to Jesus, did He need to get baptized? No. But He did it to fulfill all righteousness. And for the record, did Jesus have to die on the cross and come back three days later? Chose to. Now, you want to know what I, what I believe baptism is? I heard someone say, a public declaration of a brand new association. Or, in my words, declaring publicly the old you is gone, the new you has come. Now, what were these people doing before, excuse me, what were these people doing before Jesus was baptized? These people that were down by the river, what were they doing before they knew who Jesus was? Who were they really following? Remember, they were trying to get to, they thought John the Baptist was their new leader. They thought John the Baptist was the one that God had sent. They were going in line and agreeing with John the Baptist. We're with you. We're going with whatever you say. We're following you. Now enter Jesus, comes down, he's baptized. He comes up. Everybody realizes he's the son of God. He's the Messiah. They look at him and they say, you know what? I'm in. I'm following you. Now when they're baptized, they are saying publicly, I am all in with you. I'm following you. You're the one I want to be like. You're the one I've accepted into my heart. You're the one I'm going to show. And I need to publicly, for the world to see, know that I want to go under my old self, come up my new self, and be on board for you 100% without question. No matter what they were willing to publicly show people they were in line with Jesus. The disciples, after after uh, they were baptized, they came on board, they came in line, they started baptizing people, and people were saying at that point, just like they were with John the Baptist, after Jesus came, we're on board with him. We're on board with Jesus. We want you to baptize us in the name of him, the, Son, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We want you to get us baptized so we can publicly tell people where we're going and what we're doing. So we can physically immerse ourselves in His love, in His um, grace, in His mercy, and we can come on board with you. Now here's where it gets difficult. The public part. People say, I'm nervous to get up in front of people. But that's hard because then everybody knows. What if I slip and fall? 
Here's the problem. It's hard to do something publicly if you're not in public. It's hard to stand up and say, you know what? I have given my life to Christ. He is my world. He's who I want to be like. But I'm not quite sure I'm ready to show everybody else that. I'm not quite sure I'm ready to proclaim to everybody yet. Here's my question for you. What if Jesus would have said that? You know, I'm going to die on the cross here in a few years. I'm not ready to get on board with this whole righteousness thing. Where would we be if Jesus hadn't been baptized? Would people still be following John the Baptist? I don't know. But I do know this. I do know that I serve a God that had his son come to this earth fulfill all of his law and did not ask his son to do anything that he isn't asking us to do. Call me crazy, but if God's asking me to do it, I should probably do it. Not to mention the fact that there's excitement in knowing that I can publicly show people the old me is gone and the new me has come. I can publicly declare that Jesus is Lord. And I can follow him to eternity. I can physically, and this is the best part of all for me, I can physically be immersed in water. I can toss off my old. And I can come out clean and be made brand new. Aaron, you think it really works? I can tell you this. I know it's a symbol of my salvation. I know I can go to heaven without being baptized. But I've been a Christian for 39 years. I can't even tell you how many baptisms I've seen or how many I've done. What I can tell you is every single one of those people that I've either baptized or seen baptized, they've done one thing when they've come out of the water. The very first thing they do. Some people say, breathe. Can't breathe without opening your mouth. And that mouth is the biggest smile I've ever seen every single time. Don't tell me it doesn't do something for you. Because God works in you and through you every single time. And just like I remember when I was in junior high and I was baptized, I was always brought back to the thought. I stood up in front of people and publicly said, I want to follow you. God, help me remember that.
Father, I pray that you will be with us today. Father, we, uh, we have a chance here in a few moments to witness some baptisms. Father, I pray that you will help us to understand the step that is being taken. This step is not taken lightly in any way, shape, or form. Father, with conversations with these guys, with they know. Father, I pray that you will be with us as individuals. Father, help us to see what you want of us and to listen to that and to go for it. Father, I also pray that you will be with us as a body, as a church, as a family. Help us to remember, to encourage and love and remind each other what we've done for you. Father, I thank you for your love and your example. And I pray that you will help us to grab a hold of that and go forward with you. In thy name we pray.